Welcome everyone, this is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Dr. Bill Williams. He's the CEO of Briacell Therapeutics. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, Bill, um, for those that aren't familiar with Briacell, can you just give us a quick overview of the company? Sure, Briacell is a clinical stage immuno-oncology company developing cellular approaches to treating patients with cancer, focusing initially on advanced breast cancer for patients who have really run out of treatment options, and we're showing promising data in our clinical studies. Okay. Now, is that um, you know one drug that can have other indications down the road? Is it a platform, or, or do you have several drugs? So we have one drug targeting breast cancer in the clinic right now, and we've used our observations with that drug to develop a platform technology which can be applied to multiple cancers. Okay. All right. And then obviously it's, it's, it's a big market that you're addressing. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and, and then so, so what phase, again, is your, your, uh, your lead program at? So our lead program is in a phase two study, a randomized phase two, two study, but we're about to launch our pivotal registration study, which I think will be a phase three study, and I think will get us full approval for our lead candidate. Okay. And then for the lead candidate, you know, what's the current state of care? So the current state of care, we're targeting patients with advanced breast cancer who have basically failed everything else. Uh, the patients that we've been treating have failed, you know, between two and uh, sometimes up to 13 prior therapy attempts or treatment regimens. And they come to us really having run out of options. Uh, and so the, the current uh, situation for many of these patients is that they could either just try another line of chemotherapy uh, or they can go on hospice. And that's really kind of the patients that we're seeing uh, a pretty good impact on in terms of both um, what we think is an improvement in overall survival, uh, as well as uh, a very well-tolerated side effect profile. Okay. And then, so at this early stage, you know, what gives you the confidence that, that you're on the right track? So uh, I think there's a few different things that we've noted that are very uh, encouraging. One is that, uh, and actually one of the few positive side effects from the COVID lockdown is that uh, the patients that we started on what we call our combination study, uh, before COVID, we were actually able to follow them for quite a while because we had to shut down during COVID and uh, get their overall survival information. And it looks very promising. Approximately one year of uh, average overall survival for patients who were treated with our therapy in combination with what's known as an immune checkpoint inhibitor, which includes things like Keytruda and Optivo. Um, and Tocentric and other drugs like that. Uh, and so uh, this survival of about a year, it compares very favorably with what's in the literature for patients who have failed just two or maybe three prior therapy attempts on the average, where you see an overall survival of between six and 10 months. And we're getting a year in our patients who have been more heavily pretreated. So that gave us a lot of optimism going forward. 
Okay, and, and how are you doing this? What, what's the mechanism of action? So our therapy is a, a breast cancer cell line that also has uh, features of an immune cell. Uh, the way that we do this logistically, uh, these cells have been genetically engineered to produce a substance called GMCSF, which stimulates the immune system. And at the same time, it is a breast cancer cell line, so it produces breast cancer antigens, which are proteins that are associated with breast cancer. And what we do is we grow them up under GMP conditions. Uh, we then harvest the cells, and then we irradiate them so they can't grow anymore, but they're still viable, they're still alive. And then we freeze them down so that they're stable in that condition now for over four years. And uh, they're shipped to the clinical site where they thaw them out and inject them into the skin of the patients in the upper back and into the thighs, where they'll then elicit an immune response against the breast cancer that the patient has. And the, uh, through activating, we believe, T cells. And those T cells which are activated can then go and attack the breast cancer and start to uh, give clinical benefit to the patient. Okay, and, and you recently presented some data. Can you touch on some of the highlights? Yeah, so uh, I should mention that we are being, uh, our, our treatment regimen currently is given every three weeks. It's in combination with an immune checkpoint inhibitor. And the data that we recently presented at the uh, AACR meeting, first of all, um, basically confirm some of our early survival data that we're still seeing uh, in patients who have started uh, on, our, uh, on our current phase two study. Um, uh, since we reopened after the COVID lockdown, so uh, it's mostly patients from 2022, um, that uh, of those patients out of the 18 that had started on the study, 15 are still alive, which means that our survival data seems to be holding up pretty well. And the other thing that we noticed is that um, we looked at uh, the immune response generated by our therapy. Now, of course, we're injecting it into the skin. And so as you might expect, uh, the, the, uh, the, the um, immunotherapy cell line uh, in the skin will induce an immune response. And you can tell that there's an immune response because at the injection site, there'll be a little bit of swelling and um, uh, a little bit of redness and sometimes some itchiness, which, by the way, is the major side effect of our therapy. But we can look at that and we can say, okay, has the patient developed an immune response or not? Because in some patients, they're so heavily pretreated, they're so far advanced in their cancer that they will not develop an immune response. So we looked at that parameter, and at the same time, when our patients come in at baseline, we give them a skin test for general immune responsiveness, so-called energy test. And we looked at the patients who were allergic, in other words, they could not mount a general immune response compared to those who weren't allergic. And their progression-free survival, in other words, an early indicator of survival, was basically the same between those two groups. But for the patients who developed an immune response to our BRIA IMT therapy, those patients had a much better progression-free survival compared to the patients who did not develop an immune response to our therapy, which gives us a lot of confidence that it is, in fact, 
the immune response to our therapy that's providing the clinical benefit for these patients. Very good. And, and, and how large are these studies and where are they taking place? So our current phase two study has 10 clinical sites spread throughout the country. Um, there's, uh, uh, we have sites in New Jersey and uh, two sites in Texas, one in Cali- two in California now, one in Chicago, one in Nebraska, et cetera, et cetera, um, uh, uh, Kansas rather. And that study is a relatively small phase two. Uh, It's going to end up being a total of about 50 patients altogether. But our pivotal study that we're about to start up is going to be between three and 400 patients. And it's going to be at study sites throughout the U.S. as well as Canada and potentially the European Union as well. So that study, uh, we hope to get that started sometime during the summer. Okay. And, and is this drug developed in-house or required, or how did it come about? Yeah, it was uh, in-house. Our founding uh, scientific founder, Dr. Charles Wiseman, is an oncologist and researcher who developed the initial cell line, which we now call BRIA-IMT. Uh, we do have a lab in Philadelphia right now uh, where we have seven individuals working who are developing our pipeline which will be cell lines that uh, um, address additional types of cancer as well as enhanced uh, versions of our BRIA-IMT, what we call BRIA-OTS. Uh, and then we've got several other um, individuals working on the clinical side who are scattered kind of throughout the country. But, uh, you know, that's our current uh, setup right now. Okay. Are you doing this alone or do you have any partners? So... Currently, we are partnered with Insight Corporation using their checkpoint inhibitor, which is called Zynaz or Retifanlimab. Um, And we are working right now on securing a partner for our pivotal phase three study. Uh, We don't know who that's going to be yet, but we hope to uh, have a partner lined up within the next couple of months. Okay. And then how about runway? What does cash and cash burn look like? So our current cash is uh, over $33 million. We uh, uplisted to NASDAQ in February of 2021 and did a capital raise then, and we had another capital raise in June of 2021, and then we had some warrants exercised. So we have a pretty good cash runway. Uh, we think we can get uh, probably two years of, uh, of, of runway with what we have right now. Um, and, uh, you know, a far... Uh, we'll, we'll get we'll be able to get fairly advanced into our clinical study into our pivotal clinical study with what we have right now. Okay, and then can you tell us a little bit about your background and, and your team? Sure. So I came over from Insight Corporation, where I was VP of Exploratory Development from 2005 to 2016. Uh, I introduced their uh, uh, Jackify. Uh, JAK-2 inhibitor, JAK-1-2 inhibitor into the clinic uh, for the first time and worked on it all the way through to post-approval. It was very exciting times at Insight. I saw the company grow. I think I was the eighth person in the uh, clinical development group, and it grew to uh, well over 50 people while I was there. Um, And uh, the, also, I saw the stock price go from a low of $2 to about $130 when I left. So that was 
uh, very advantageous for me. In fact, I took a lot of my options from Insight after I exercised them and turned them into Briacell stock because I'm a big believer in what we're doing right now. Uh, before that, I was at GlaxoSmithKline in clinical pharmacology and experimental medicine. Uh, VP of experimental medicine was my highest position there. And I worked on numerous early, mid, and late stage assets with a lot of drug approvals for things like Hycampton, Navalbean, Bexar, Zofran, Tycurb, and others. And before that, I was doing bench-to-bedside research in immunology and autoimmune disease at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, our, my team includes Giuseppe Del Priori, who's our CMO. He's a very experienced uh, drug developer and academic um, uh, oncologist and oncologic surgeon who has uh, numerous approvals under his belt. I think he has eight different approvals for various different drugs and devices. Our chief scientific officer, Miguel Lopez Lago, is out of Memorial Sloan Kettering, where he worked for a number of years, including on CAR-T therapy. Uh, and uh, we've got three other PhDs in the lab and uh, three other uh, technicians who are doing a lot of the uh, bench work to develop our new immunotherapy cell lines. And uh, we've got a great clinical scientist in Mingjing Chang. We recently uh, hired a head of QA, uh, Lynn Frederick, who's very experienced. Gabby Levin is our CFO. He's over in Israel. Uh, he's got a good team with Anthony Passanti and Joshua Santa Maria, who work on the financial side. And finally, we've got Farid Dean, who is a very experienced capital uh, markets person who runs our corporate um, development. She's VP of corporate development and basically does, uh, you know, uh, everything else that a company needs to have done. So we're a, a, a very small team, very focused, but uh, very talented. Very good. So I, I read some more about a restructuring or, or a spin out. Can you give us a little color on that? Sure. So along with our cellular approach, uh, which, by the way, we're going to develop into a personalized off-the-shelf approach based on HLA matching uh, for both breast cancer as well as prostate cancer, lung cancer, and melanoma. So that's in our pipeline. Uh, uh, along with that, we have some earlier stage assets, including T-cell engagers. Um, these are uh, people might have heard of bites or bispecific T-cell engagers. These are molecules that have two different ends to them. They're kind of like antibodies, but antibodies that combine two different things instead of just one thing. And they would have one end that binds to a cancer cell and the other end that, that binds to a T cell and activates it so that the T cell will then kill the cancer cell. We've gone to the next level and our um, uh, T cell engagers are going to have four different binding sites so they'll be able to do even more than the current ones that are in development, um, but they're at an early stage. So we thought it would be wise to spin them off into a separate company to get focused capital to develop those assets as well as some additional expertise to come in. Uh, and then we've also been working on a small molecule program of protein kinase C delta inhibitors, uh, which is going to be going into the SPINCO as well. And those are small molecules that are useful for cancer, for rash transformed tumors, as well as for fibrotic disease. So that's uh, in the works right now. Okay. And then shareholders will get part of that, or how does that work? Yes. Everybody who's got a share of Bria cell stock will also get a share of the SPINCO. 
So that is going to be uh, the way that's going to work. Okay. And as we monitor the company over the next 12 months, what's kind of the timeline of events or milestones that we should watch for? So I think uh, the nearest-term milestones that are coming up, uh, we just had our presentation at the American Association of uh, Cancer Research. Uh, so that's available on our, on our website now. That was just posted this week. Um, and then uh, we're going to be working very hard to get our pivotal study up and running. Uh, and uh, that will be um, you know, run by the FDA, and uh, hopefully we'll get good feedback from them on our final protocol. We already had our end of phase two meeting where they gave us uh, uh, an agreement on the, on the primary endpoint. So now we're working out the uh, full uh, protocol to uh, get it fleshed out a little bit more. Uh, and, and then also uh, we're working very hard to secure a corporate uh, partner who has a uh, immune checkpoint inhibitor that we can combine within our therapy. Um, and then another uh, major uh, it, uh, advance we think is going to be to get our off-the-shelf personalized immunotherapy cell lines for breast cancer into the clinic. And we think that that sh should happen this summer sometime. And then we'll have additional data coming out on our ongoing phase two study uh, we're targeting meetings like the uh, European um, uh, Oncology Meeting, the um, Society for the Immunotherapy of Cancer Meeting, the San Antonio Breast Cancer Conference. Those are in October, November, and December. So hopefully uh, if we get our um, abstracts accepted, we'll have data coming out uh, at those meetings as well uh, with our ongoing study. Very good. So we only have so much time, but is is there anything that you wish I would have asked you? Yeah, I think just a little bit about our pipeline. I just am very excited about our VIA OTS uh, pipeline, which, as I mentioned, is going to be personalized but off the shelf. It's a way of tailoring our immunotherapy cell lines to the individual patient, uh, but uh, the cell lines are pre-manufactured, and then we'll be doing HLA typing, which is a very common method. It's used when you do transplantation to match the transplant to the patient. Uh, the matching is by HLA typing. Uh, and we found that HLA matching between our cells and the patients predicts the best clinical response rates. So we've now modified our cells to express different HLA types, and we'll be able to match more and more patients uh, uh, over 99% of things go well, of the patients will be able to match with our VIA OTS cell lines. And we further engineered them so that they're very, very potent at stimulating an immune response. In fact, whereas our VIA IMT tends to boost immune responses, it generates an initial immune response through kind of an indirect mechanism where the breast cancer proteins are taken up by the immune system uh, to activate a normal immune response, but it is also a direct mechanism which works to boost that response. But our what we call the OTS 2.0 version that's going to be coming out, uh, hopefully within about a year or a year and a half or so, is able to activate naive T cells. In other words, T cells uh, that have never seen 
these antigens before to kind of more directly activate them and really stimulate a very, very potent immune response. So we're very excited about that as well. Okay. So in closing, what do you want to leave us with as to why BriaCell is an attractive place to put money? So BriaCell is uh, obviously already in the clinic. We already have positive clinical data. We're advancing to a pivotal study. We uh, hope to be securing a major corporate partner uh, for our further development uh, of BRIA IMT. And we're developing a platform technology that will allow us to have personalized off-the-shelf immunotherapy for cancer. We're going to be extending beyond breast cancer into prostate, lung, and melanoma, and, uh, and then any other type of cancer. And we think that this is, can really be transformational for the whole way that uh, cancer is approached uh, therapeutically. Uh, very good side effect profile. Uh, we appear to have a great effect on overall survival, which is what the FDA cares about the most and what the patients care about the most. So uh, again, we uh, believe that we can extend patient survival with minimal side effects, and uh, we think that there's just a lot of positive value to be gained from, uh, from Bria Cell investors, for Bria Cell investors. Very good. Well, Bill, thank you so much for sharing the Bria Cell story. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me.